Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Virginia Mountain Mama Take me home Where I belong Hey, hello, welcome to the show Welcome to you, me and a poltergeist We are the two that speak about cryptids and the curses that can't be lifted Mm. I just thought about that on a spot Pretty good Pretty good. What's new? Hello. Oh, first, we're brought to you today by our fantastic Patreons over at www.patreon.com slash poltergeist. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. We are trying to improve our quality every single day. If you want to support us and help the show grow and increase our uh, amazingness of the content. So we can hire someone to do the research for us because it's just exhausting. <laughs> yeah, we'll just get ghostwriters <laughs> for the show. Yeah. Oh my god, ghostwriters has never been more of a relevant, rev- rev- relevant <laughs> term than right now with our podcast. Yeah. Let me snap into a quick one. Oh. I'm only professional here. Only professionals. What's new? Not much. Same as last week. Quit my job. Quit your job. Still jobless. Jobless? How's Besides podcasting. Been? Yeah. How's, how's joblessness yet? been? Tough. 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 Yeah. But hey, you're on the up and up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still very angry about quitting my job. Not because I feel like it was a bad decision. I like the decision i'm comfortable with the decision i'm less stressed because of the decision i'm just angry because i walk away with nothing after six and a half years yeah and i'm even more angry because i was just on linkedin going through literally just clearing the notifications and i saw a post from the company that i used to work with and it was like, if you want to progress further within this company, you know, get involved, do all the VM, you know, take on extra hours, put yourself out there and stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, I did that. I yeah. taked a lot of stores. I spent six weeks out in Brisbane DFO when I lived in Rabina. So oh, wait, Brisbane somewhere. Brisbane DFO. Yep. It's a very wide range yeah, of yeah, stores. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> the airport. There we go. Literally. I worked out near the airport for six weeks while living at the other end of the state, pretty much. Yeah. And you did damn well. And, you know, they're liars. And uh, apparently I wasn't good enough for anything. So it's just kind of like disheartening when you put so much into something and get nothing back because I actually really liked my job and I yeah. liked what I did. So. 
It's a real big. I will pain be upset about ass. it, and I will complain about it for a few episodes. Just skip forward a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> um, what's been going on with me? You ask. Thanks for asking. I was going to be my next question. Well, actually, very little. Uh, you've been trying to figure out how to make the back of your car a nice little... Oh, yeah. So I own a Nissan Cube or Nissan Cube. Hold on. I own a Nissan. I own a Nissan Cube. It's a Nissan. I own a Nissan Cube. Fucking hell. Nissan. Nissan. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, no, I, I own, own a Nissan one. Pulsar. <laughs> I own one, and I have been attempting to make it into like a little camper. It's not very big in the back. It's spacious. But it's not don't, big. Yeah. Don't get us wrong. It's spacious. It's tall. You could probably kneel and you could sit in up it. in there. Yeah, but you, you can't lay down too well and have your You've feet. You've got to be spooning the whole time. Yeah, I mean that's not too bad though. No, it's not too bad, is it? Bad? Honestly, it doesn't Honestly, sound. It's not that bad. Horrible. Yeah. yeah, but I've been attempting to turn it in, and by attempting, mean I've just been looking at it, and being like, yeah, I could do that. He's <laughs> put some. Shelves in the back that are supposed to be the bookcases that sit right behind us. Well, I, I well first I put a box like a, a wooden crate in there that to sort of hold up the the shelf things. Mm-hmm. That just added some height that I needed mm-hmm. before I'm going to add in my mattress, which probably I, I won't think, ever. No, we'll get a mattress. We just um we need like one of those small baby mattresses. Yeah, that's oh, a like good two idea. of them. Yeah. Like one of those little couches with like the banana pajamas in it that like folds oh, out into a little bit. Oh, yes. Those are my favourite things yeah, as a child. I used to love those. I got so upset when I got too big for them. You're never it's too big to enjoy. Probably about the same time it. I figured out how to say vanilla properly. Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were having this discussion earlier, everyone listening at home. You, with the headphones on right now, or listening in your car, we were having this discussion to sort of figure out what words we couldn't say very well. Because I was I was writing up my thing, and one of the words I came across was peculiarly. <laughs> yeah, peculiarly. <laughs> and I can't say it. Yeah. So we it's just started tough. discussing words we couldn't say. And right up until I was about eight or nine, I could not say vanilla. I had to say vanilla. And even now, sometimes it slips out vanilla instead <laughs> yeah. of vanilla. I think it slipped out. With us before. I think so. And, um, yeah. I don't know I any other words. That. I can't say a lot of double L words, like, that have two L's recurring. Troll. Not like that. I can say troll. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. I can say that. No, I mean, like, like... Trolley. I'm trying to think of words with no, two no, L's. No, Not like that. It's not what I mean. Okay. Like, peculiarly... Oh, not an L after each other, like L, then another L later in the yeah. word. I see. Valina was just, I couldn't get the N down. Yeah. In vanilla, Valina. I got it, like, all mixed up because I have yeah. dyslexia. Hmm. How about spectacularly? Spectacularly. Yeah, it's a tough one, too. I think I fucked that up to start <laughs> with. So. <laughs> oh, man. I think too much about the R's and then my tongue's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you get ahead of yourself. I do. You run your mouth. Brayden's like, you're thinking too much about the word. No shit. How else am I supposed to say it if I don't think about it? <laughs> yeah. I can say peculiar. No, I can't because I don't even pronounce. I don't pronounce the L. Peculiar. Like a You just said the L. Peculiar. peculiar. Yeah, you're right. You kind of didn't. Peculiar. Peculiar. Peculiarly. I used to think it was precular. Peculiar. That's that another sounds one. better. 
Yeah, why don't, let's just call it pre- pre-cooler. Pre-cooler. What about you driving or listening on your earphones? What, what can't words? you fucking what, say? What other words can't We're having some audience in uh, participation here. Yeah, we, phone we, in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. Hello. Yeah. Oh, wow. What did they say, Brayden? They said they couldn't say... Um, La Llorona? Yeah. Oh, we fucked that one up big time when we were doing that episode. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to say this. And then we, we started watching the I movie. convinced you that it was La La Lorna. Yeah, you did. When it's La Llorona. Because it's Spanish? Mexican? Yes. Mexicano. Mexican. Anyway, we were watching the movie and they're like, La Llorona. And I was like, wait, La who? And we will say that we haven't gotten through the movie because when we we're watching watched, it, it's scary as What have we watched the first, like, ten minutes? Yeah, we watched, like, the first time she's up and about, and we're like, nope, Ooh, I'm nope, out, I'm out. out. We've got to watch it during the day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, all 10 a.m. Yeah, we tried to watch that at, like, 10 p.m. 12 hours too late. 12 hours too late, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what are we talking about today, babe? Um, I'm talking about... A pretty horrific murder. Cool, cool. Um, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a pretty weird entity oh. that haunted people for a bunch of years. I mean, I'm doing a, a classic fave, a murder and a haunting. Classic fave. Classic fave, besides exorcisms. Um, I don't know why, but early today I was like, I don't want to, I want to do an exorcism, but I think it's just too much research. Like, I need like yeah. extra days to do it. And then I was doing this one, and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to find, like, reports of the haunting. Because mm. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was... a lot of sites are all about the murder side, and I'm here yeah. like, I want to know the haunting sign, haunting yeah. sign, haunting sign. That's what you were singing. The haunting sign, da, 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 da. Yeah, I was looking online for something I could research. <laughs> you know, Sorry. looked up the classic Google haunted locations of mm-hmm. the world i just went to ranker clicked on ghosts nice. and i was like sick done and then i was just like i cannot find anything there so i went on the beautiful mysterious universe uh website mm. and i just clicked a random page and then i found something really cool that jumped out to me mm. not literally but maybe literally I mean... maybe it will jump at you or not you can put your girl face <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right should you get started? Um, I'm going first this week. You are. Hey, we should also say that there's a meteorite that's meant to strike the world in like six hours. So if this episode doesn't upload, you know why. And then you wouldn't be hearing this, so never mind. Well, but maybe, if it did... Maybe like um, historians might come across it. True. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, mm. this is all real facts, historians of the world. Or if you survived the meteorite crash, I hope that, you know, life's all right. Yeah, I hope there's no mutations. Stick in there. Don't trust any vampires or zombies Mm-mm. or werewolves Mm-mm. or any other of those classic monsters. Mm-mm. And especially ghosts, as we've come to learn. Belinda, take, I mean, us, take it away. You can trust some ghosts. Some ghosts. Have, have you ever heard of Casper? Casper the Friendly Ghost. Only the friendly, friendly ghost. ghost. Casper the Friendly. It's in the name. Mm. It's in the fucking name. I wouldn't trust my ghost that I'm going to talk about. This isn't about Casper. Sorry. But... It's not a bad ghost either. Okay. Pretty benevolent. Cool. But I said benevolent. You well. did. I didn't want to correct you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, <laughs> eleven. On. I gotta come back to that. I actually said eleven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it like another point. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> this is about Marion Parker. I got all my info from Ranker, LA Times, The Neighborhood News Online, and Creepy LA. As you can tell, this takes place in Los Angeles. Ooh. So this is a sad story about a ghost of a twelve about the ghost of a twelve year old girl named Marion Parker. It began when William Edward Hickman, a nineteen year old former Kansas City High School scholastic star, turned petty thief and psychopath, took her from the took her from the school she attended in LA in nineteen twenty seven. Jeez. I'm just going to mention that scholastic sounds like a kind of bone disease. <laughs> <laughs> like scoliosis? Yeah. He began his life of crime at the age of 11 by shoplifting candy. And um, after meeting a 16-year-old boy, um, Welby Hunt, he upgraded to forgery, armed robbery, and soon enough, moida. Moida. A moida most fail. Mm-hmm. In 1926, the teenagers headed to Los Angeles, where they lived with Hunt's grandparents in Alhambra. Hunt would later testify that Hickman once confessed that it was his wish to get someone and chop them up in little pieces and throw them along the highway. Wow, that's very oddly specific. Bit of foreshadowing as well. Yeah. I mean, when I when I was young, I wanted to be a bowling ball. That was my... <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to be either a vet or working with animals or famous. There we go. And I'm doing my best. Yeah, you try it. <laughs> <laughs> On Christmas Eve in 1926, the pair were holding up at LA drugstore when they were caught in a shootout that left one police officer wounded with a shot in the abdomen and a druggist named Clarence Ivy Toms mortally wounded. I found out what mortally wounded means, means today. Mm. It means they got injured and it resulted in death. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. I was like, mortally wounded? <laughs> what does this mean? Has their mortality <laughs> been wounded? Ha <laughs> ha joke's on you. Now I am immortal. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, anyway. So, after lying low for some time, the two resorted to jobs as messengers at the downtown bank. Oh, what a shame. They got their life together. Oh, wow. Did they? For a second. There they met Perry Parker, the bank's chief clerk and the father of a son and twin daughters. The work at the bank had evidently not stopped the teenager's crime spree. On May 24th, 1927, the morning after Hunt's grandfather withdrew a large sum from his bank, his body was found beneath Pasadena's Colorado Street Bridge. The money was gone, but five suicide notes were left uh, behind with the handwriting... Oh, but the handwriting... Sorry was identified as two different hands, neither being Hunt's grandfather. Wow. Mm. How to fail at writing a suicide note for someone. force them to do the suicide note? Yeah, like, right. Like, seriously, get it yeah. together. I guess they just weren't that experienced, clearly. Clearly not. In the meantime, Hickman had forged $400 worth of checks at the bank. He was fired and prosecuted. Being unemployed, he then pulled off several small holdups. By um, but by December, he had figured out a sure way of getting hold of some cash. That's nineteen twenty-seven as well. Nineteen twenty-seven. So four hundred bucks would have been like fifteen grand or something like that, probably. Yeah, I'd say like around there. Yeah. 
Ten days before Christmas, he walked confidently into Mount Vernon Junior High School <laughs> and told a secretary that his employer, Perry Parker, which, let me remind you, he had been fired at this point, right. had been hurt in an auto accident and wanted his younger daughter by his bedside. The secretary summoned Marion, but not the older twin, Marjorie, and she left with him. This was the last time anyone saw her alive. Uh-oh. Within hours, a telegram arrived at the Parker house, followed by a letter demanding $1,500, which is close to 22000 today. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. His intention was originally just to hold her for ransom from her wealthy father, demanding um, gold certificates in exchange for Marion. The letter went on to read, Get this straight, your daughter's life hangs by a thread, and I have a Gillette, the razor, ready and able to handle the situation. Signed, Fox Fate. Fox Fate? Fox Fate. Originally, there was a another letter left behind that was signed George Fox. Yeah. And then when he wrote this one, he signed it Fox Fate. Okay. Should it was later... Like, re- hmm? Should we, like, put the Gillette... Song in there as well. I don't, I don't want to put a bad. I don't want to put a bad name on Gillette. Poor Gillette. Gillette, the best your daughter can get. Is that distasteful? Mm, Too soon. Please don't. <laughs> Too soon. I said this is a sad story, oh, okay. and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> come on! I just said that was the last oh. time anyone saw her alive. Like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, listen, we can't joke about a murder on. that was about ninety-three years ago. What can we joke about? It was later revealed that Marion had written a note after being taken. Dear Daddy and Mother, and Mother, I wish I could come home. I think I'll die if I have to be like this much longer. Done. Okay, this is sad. Yeah. Parker went the next night to drop off the ransom at 10th Street and Gramercy Place, but Hickman was spooked when he saw police, and with Marion still alive and in the front seat of his coupe, drove back to his apartment. Then the second exchange was arranged, but Hickman never intended to return Marion alive. And now I'm just going to say this is a trigger warning for any parents or anyone that doesn't like hearing about how people have died. This is about to get a bit gruesome. It may be quite distressing. So if you want to like jump forward a couple seconds. I'll superimpose the timestamp in the audio right after this. 1855. Yes, please. Thank you. Boom. Boom. I find it quite distressing to hear about. Because you got to think about this as a 12-year-old girl. Mm. So Marion was sat bound to a kitchen chair, and he strangled her with a dish towel. Hickman later testified that as he put her body in a bathtub, she kind of came to and started to get up, in his words. But he pushed her back down and stabbed her. He then mutilated her body by cutting off her arms and legs with a razor blade. In an attempt to make her look alive, Hickman sewed her eyes open and powdered her now lifeless face. He combed her hair and then wrapped her in the blanket. Oh my fucking god. If you're back from skipping... We're not going to talk about any more about that. It won't say much. Thank you for skipping if you needed to skip. Okay. (laughs) The next night, still intent on getting his ransom, Hickman drove to the designated drop-off point at Manhattan Place and 5th Street. He put Marion's torso in the back seat of his car and covered her up to the neck with a blanket. He stopped the car when he saw Parker, leveled a shotgun out the window and demanded the money. Parker saw his daughter's face 
um, in the darkened car and quickly made the handoff. But Parker soon discovered that what he had paid for was the corpse of his daughter. Her legs and arms would be found later, washed and neatly wrapped in newspaper and thrown throughout Elysian Park. Well, I mean, we shouldn't have told them to skip it. We just told them about the arms and the legs. But I'm not, they don't know how it happened. Okay. Right? Yeah, you're right. And, like, how she ultimately died. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway. Well, I mean, it kind of says more, but... This is a distressing story, and everyone should know that from listening to our podcast. Yeah. I just really wanted to put that out there, because I know we have some children that, what, listen. Yeah. And that's just not a good part to I feel like children these days are so desensitised to everything. Yeah, but... Those damn video games! Those video games. So after this, Hickman vanished. Residents retreated to their homes. School attendance fell. Mexico's governor closed the border to prevent the fox from escaping. Radio stations and newspapers appealed for information and rewards for the killer's arrest totaled $60,000, which in today's money... Is $871,000. Holy shit. Yep. An autopsy found a bloodstained town marked Bellevue Arms Apartment stuffed into Marion's torso. That's when police closed in. Detectives talked to Hickman, who was registered under an alias, but he slipped away that evening. Pandemonium reigned for days with one man being arrested seven times within eight hours who resembled Hickman. He eventually asked to just stay in jail. Another lookalike was severely beaten by a mob and for and for safekeeping, police took him to jail where he then hung himself anyway. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, because this one fuckhead. Seven days after Marion's abductions, abduction and after one of the biggest manhunts in the West, in the West, Hickman was eventually caught after a car chase. With his hands up, he asked detectives if they thought he would be as famous as Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb, the Chicago teenage thrill killers, who in 1924 had murdered a 14-year-old boy to commit the perfect crime. It's fucked up. Roll eyes. Hickman made history by pleading not guilty by reason of insanity under a new law, under a new state law that narrowed the standards of insanity three months prior to the murder. His trial began on the 25th of January 1928 with newspaper headlines reading Hickman Must Hang. After weeks of the trial, jurors deliberated for 43 minutes and 2,000 people gathered around the Hall of Justice for the verdict. The verdict being Hickman was sane and would hang. Days later, in a separate trial, Hickman and Hunt were found guilty of murdering the druggist and both sentenced to prisons. This just added on to Hickman's case. During eight months of appeals, Hickman, still on San Quentin's death row, embraced Catholicism and wrote apologetic, apologetic letters to his victims' families, but still his life came to a fitting end in October 1928 when he was hung to death. Radio broadcasters stood outside the prison gates while reporters and guests pushed their way to get the best seats. They watched as guards brought him brought in Hickman, his arms strapped to his sides as he climbed the 13 steps of the gallows. A priest followed, praying aloud, Lord, have mercy on us, and Hickman responded, Christ, have mercy on us. Death was, wasn't instantaneous. Um, <clears throat> again, for the skippers, this kind of just reveals how 
she also died, so if you don't want to hear how she died... Skip ahead 30 seconds. Wasn't instantaneous, as Hickman struck his head on the side of the gallows as he fell through the trap doors. He hung there, violently twitching and jerking. After a few moments, the prison doctor climbed a stepladder beneath the gallows and with the stethoscope to his chest shouted, Deceased! An autopsy report showed that his neck did not break and was strangled to death as he did to his victim, Marion. Mm. And that's enough of him. Fitting. Very fit. That was a very fitting death for him. Yes. I think that's the definition of karma. I agree. Marion still lives on as her presence has been reported still residing in her childhood home at 1631 S. Wilton Place in Los Angeles, California. It's a two-story, wood-shingled, Victorian-style home. And about 30 years ago, an author called Marvin Wolfe phoned the owner of the home to tell her about the famous kidnapping and murder. She interrupted him to say, Oh, that accounts for our ghost. The owner had noticed that there was a benevolent... (laughs) Thank you. Mm. A benevolent small child spirit who moved small objects and occasionally could be heard walking through the house. When Wolfe was telling the tale... Of Marion Parker, the lights in the house repeatedly turned on and off, and this happened. This continued to happen for about a week afterwards. She also said that their cat often seemed to acknowledge a presence of someone else in the room that no one else could see or hear. The family dog, however, however, was disturbed by the presence in the house, and one day reacted to a noise that no one else heard and ran out of the front door and never returned. What the hell? How's that benevolent? <laughs> Dogs are crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's the dog's fault. (laughs) (laughs) They had caught a number of glimpses of a figure out of the corner of of their eyes throughout the years. A few years later, after paranormal researchers from UCLA had confirmed a ghostly presence in the house, the house was sold to James Stokes, who said he didn't believe in ghosts when he bought it. He said he spent a quiet decade in the house with nothing happening. But later, he con- but later, he contracted to sell the house for $240,000. Uh, this was like in 1990. Yeah. And after he began packing to move to Ohio, Stokes said little things made him think that maybe, just maybe, someone or something kept turning the kettle off and closing the doors he had opened. Stokes' dog started behaving curiously as well. Mm. Stokes joked... He doesn't want to, she doesn't want to see me go. She can also be seen wandering around the street um, where she used to live, missing an arm or a leg, depending on who saw it. No. And another... I don't know. This kind of just makes me upset to think that someone would say this. But a ghost law expert, Richard Carradine, or Carradine, calls her the jigsaw ghost. Oh. And I think that's kind of disrespectful. This is a 12-year-old girl that was abducted and murdered. How could you, Mr. Carradine? Call how her dare thee? The jigsaw ghost. What? Because she's missing a leg or an arm? Hello. <laughs> anyway, I hope um for those who don't like to hear gruesome stuff, was able to skip over some of the gruesome stuff. Yeah, I should be able to put in some timestamps, and they've probably already been in at this point. At this point, yeah. Yeah, well, that was really cool and kind of creepy. More so the, <coughs> more so the murder being creepy, but the like that's pretty horrendous. He had already made up that he wasn't going to give her back alive, but still wanted the money. Yeah. So, 
Here's the corpse of your daughter. Give me the money. Well, I'm glad that he got caught. Me too. All right, well, goddamn, goddamn, I'm going to move on to mine. Aren't you yours, babe? Is yours a bit of a happier note or? God, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not horrible. Is it more of a finisher? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's a weird note. So, <clears throat> here we go. For three years, from 1976 to 1979, Ooh. women, specifically women, of the Crossroad District of Glasgow, Scotland, were terrorised by an entelique. Entelique? <laughs> God damn it. An entelique? An entelique that... <laughs> Enterleak. An entity that was utterly in obscure. <laughs> I can't speak now. An entity that was utterly obscure. Yeah, that's it. Very obscure. Anyway, what has now become known as the Gurning Man of Glasgow. Gurning? Do you know what Gurning is? No. Gurning is where you try to contort your face in the weirdest way possible. Usually by... Have you seen those people who, like, put their upper lip underneath their bottom lip and they, like, nearly cover their nose with their yeah. mouth? It's that, essentially. Is, and then, does, like, twisting their face in weird ways and stuff. Okay, does... What Jim Carrey does, is that considered gurning? Mm. Have you seen? Like, he does the face for the Grinch. Oh, really? Uh, I don't think that'd be gurning. I'm not sure. Actually. Are you fucking sure? Have you seen it? <laughs> Have you seen that video where the, the teacher draws the perfect circle and then they cut to the guy in the rave club like... <laughs> yeah. That's gurning what that guy's doing, the craziness. <laughs> anyway. <Okay. laughs> I mean, someone just being completely off chops. Just like so strange. Yeah, potentially The jaw's going AF. wild. Yeah, the jaw's off the chain. Off Anyhow. Fine. Yeah. So... This entity almost has the same fame now as some of the cryptids, like Bigfoot and that, for the locals there. Uh, And there's been a lot of theories about what exactly the Gurning Man is, and that's why they kind of relate it to a cryptid. Because some people think it's a fucking time traveller, other people think it may actually be a spirit that, um, I don't know. I mean, time travellers are really big stretch. It is, yeah. And others believe it to be an alien in a skin suit attempting to communicate ah, but being like unable in, to. Like in Men in Black. Exactly. Exactly. Having facial... With sugar. <laughs> sugar. With water. More. More. <laughs> so the you may... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you may be wondering what exactly the Gurning Man looks like. And this thing is straight up ridiculous. (laughs) The Gurning Man is always a very tall, slender, and pale man that wears a black leotard. Oh, (laughs) oh, fuck no. Always a black leotard. And the collar... Are they they sure that it wasn't just, like, a normal person? Well, I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to that in a second. So, the leotard has, like, a collar. Is it a collar? That's so low that it almost exposes his nipples. I don't think it's a car. It's just straps at that point. <laughs> yeah, it? pretty much. It's like a. Is that like a mankini, the Borat mankini? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. So the entity's face always seems to be gurning and Very contorting nice. from expressions of aggression to delight with an enormous smile that reaches from ear to ear. Did his willy ever pop out? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, if he's only targeting women, I'm just assuming yeah, he's also a he's, a, he's a sexual predator. Well, as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, think about it. You never know. The gurning predator. Would you be doing that to boys? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. so as a straight male, you'd be doing that to girls, right? I don't, I don't think I'd be doing that to anyone, actually. I just want to clear my name for all the police <laughs> listening right now. If you were... I did not gurn at that warm womb. <laughs> oh, that is so guilty. If I'm yeah. guilty. Anyway, sorry. continue with the story. I'm sorry. So another odd and distinct trait about the Gurning Man is that his body is never still. He is either jogging back and forth on the spot or rubbing his chest with arms flared out. I think he's in a lot of acid. Or just performing some other jerky movement. Sounds like he's at a fucking rave, honestly. Honestly? Honestly? He took some shrooms and then some acid. <laughs> yeah. And he's just never recovered. <laughs> and uh, yeah, although obscure, the Gurning Man could, in theory, just be an odd person pulling a prank or someone who's very high, as we just said. But there is one final event in all of these encounters that has led everyone to buy into the fact that he's not just a deranged human being wearing a fucking leotard. Okay, what is it? <laughs> and that is the fact that this guy straight up vanishes into thin air in front of people. Get out. Everyone yeah. was high in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> is he, there is... was just like a circulation of bad acid going around. This ghost was as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. I don't know about you, but not that I've ever done acid, but I no matter how high you, I am and no matter how... I'm on acid too. <laughs> no matter how hard I try to go invisible by pulling like faces and shit i can't do it so <laughs> i think it's a spirit or an entity spirit, yeah. yeah maybe anyway let me get you some actual encounters of this thing so the first reported encounter with the gurning man was reported by two teenage girls who were walking home one evening after being over at a friend's place they were walking the streets and it was underneath a full moon so and what he they showed report... them his full moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they report that it's like it was super easy to see. And then when they were nearly home and they got onto their street, they turned in and under like a lone street light that was beaming down was the Gurning Man like centered in the beam of that street light, but facing away from them towards the direction they were going. So they had to walk past him. God. They both sort of got it's this, worse. like, sudden feeling of dread over them as they began, like, walking up to him and, like, walked around him. And they saw, as they were getting closer, that he wasn't staying still. He was doing a little movement or oh. something. Is he, like, a full solid figure or can he kind of see? No, 100% solid. 100% Looks like solid. a human. Like a human. Yeah, exactly. The old humey. The old humey. And then he's all like, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. And just disappears. <laughs> yeah. So... Star Trek for you guys. Yeah, they noticed the tall, pale man that they quoted to say was in his mid-50s and was wearing a tight black leotard. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think this guy just wanted to be in Santa's so bad. <laughs> so as they rounded the side of him, they got a look at this man's face and were horrified to see his face flexing and gurning in inhuman ways. Flexing <laughs> What a... That's a Tinder profile if I've ever seen one. Gurning around. Just Ken Gurn. Ken Gurn. Will Gurn for dates. <laughs> <laughs> and to make things worse, as it realised their presence, it began making bestial noises, oh. snorts and huffs. <laughs> like that. 
Anyway, the girls... Goosebumps. Don't do that. Yeah, the girls obviously did the wise thing and fucking ran the hell away from him. thank God. But when they realised that they didn't hear any footsteps behind them, like it wasn't chasing them, they turned around and he wasn't... he was right there. He wasn't there anymore. And they were like, he disappeared. And when they reported it to the police officer, they said that they had barely even run that far away when they looked back and that him sort of breaking their line of sight by running as well would have been impossible. That's up for debate. But there's a few that are pretty fucking interesting. All right. Yeah. So an old lady in Glasgow, within within this three-year period, yeah, was putting milk bottles out one evening, getting ready for the milkman to come in the morning, and she heard the sound of feet hitting asphalt. So she went out on the front porch to see an unnaturally gaunt bald man in a black leotard running on the spot in the centre of the road. He's fucking doing the running man in the middle of the road. This guy's just fucking... (laughs) He's an athlete. He's a fucking athlete, honestly. He's got the aerodynamics down. Yeah. Leotard, no hair, always running. He's got such control over his body, he can, like, swallow half his face. It's impressive. Yeah, so he's running on the road, all while doing his trademark, gurned face. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the old lo- the old lady watched this performance for a while before feeling an undeniable dread linger in her stomach. She thought to call the police while watching him, but the gurning man simply disappeared into thin air before her eyes. Like she was staring at him, she was and then staring he was at just him, gone, blinked. Any bestial Boop. noises? Gone. Uh, I think she was pretty far away. I think the man. I bet he was grunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, he's working hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, you'd probably be making huffs and fucking moans and groans too if you were running I on the spot for like five hours. Just getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let alone gurning. <laughs> That's what I do. Makes sense. So uh, the gurning man would be spotted a whole seventeen times over its three-year reign of terror, and those are. Yeah, those are like the only people that actually reported it to the authorities. Eleven of those people were, eleven of those encounters were done in the street, and six of them were in the people's homes at night. The most terrifying of these house encounters, and all the encounters that I read, was that the Gurning Man um, became the world's first or the world's most harrowing alarm clock, waking a wife from her bed with his huffing. Grunting and jigging. The jigging? Wi- the jigging. Oh. The wife believed it to be her husband, so she wasn't that phase when she woke up, but as she turned over and felt him next to her, she immediately sat up to see at the edge of the bed this strange fucking gurning man scratching the middle of his chest with his elbows flared out and, like, twisting his head around and fucking facial distortions and anyway. As he and her made eye contact, he went, let out this massive scream at her, and she was like, ah, screamed and hid under the covers in fright, and the husband heard the scream, got up and charged over, turned on the light and was looking for him, but he was gone. And there's no way you could have just, like, bolted. In that no, they would have heard him exiting the house, or running down the stairs, etc., etc. Jumping et out a window. Jumping out a window. <laughs> Gurning in the closet. Right? <laughs> Gurning is loud. You can gurn here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. That's intense. What it is. Fuck? It is, right? Just waking up to this dude. All these people in this one little area of town. How fucking weird is that? 
Yeah. Funnily enough, two hours south of Glasgow is a small town of Egremont, which is renowned for having gurning competitions. Maybe the spirit is of a previous competitor who got lost on the way to the afterlife. Wow. (laughs) So. I think that's a stretch. (laughs) Now, this is where our story ends. Oh, no, it's not. (gasps) I know, I know. I said that the horrors were only in 1976 and 1979. Oh, And that would be mostly right. But exactly 40 years ahead in time, more reports started coming out from Queen's Park area of Glasgow, so not too far away, about an odd man, pale, bald, tall, wearing a black leotard, jigging on the spot with a gurn on his face. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. So maybe it's a thought every 40-year occurrence. Maybe he's like Pennywise. He comes back and dances on the spot. You gurn too! (laughs) We all gurn down here. (laughs) (laughs) anyway so the first the first of three encounters that were reported to police was the first one was very much similar to the uh, first experience i detailed where they saw him under a street light and then just ran off uh the second one was the gurning man was spotted in between a truck and a car and he did weird flapping motions as if he was trying to fly towards the person without the moving fuck? from the spot. But then they fucking charged away. I would too. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then the last one was seen by a group of friends. They were at a park one evening drinking. And they got out their flashlight because they heard some rustling in the bush nearby where they were. And when they went around the corner of the tree and looked behind the tree... There he was in his gurning glory. Gurning his heart. Gurning his, <laughs> his heart away. I want to know jogging how many times. Spot and gurning at the same time. Yep, yep, yep. Scratching his chest, jogging on the spot, gurning. I want to know how many it's times I've said gurning eyes. this episode. Like, <laughs> What's that? How many? Like, I'm not how many. I wonder if it's just like on ice or something. Meth. It's a hell of a drug. Yeah, it's a hell of a drug. So those those last three reports came from all different people that weren't connected in any way, but none of the stories had the people looking at him while he disappeared. So I want to say that maybe it was just like a copycat, a person's copycatting a entity, a legend. Yeah, a legend. Yeah, that's what I think. Maybe I think maybe he only gurned in those three years. And then maybe someone did a seance and then pass over something. Oh, wow, yeah. Don't go into your mirror at midnight and... <laughs> Say, gurning man, gurning man, gurning man. <laughs> <laughs> and scratch your chest three times. <laughs> that is the ultimate ritual, the summon the gurn. That's how you get the gurning man. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you mess with fire, you're going to get gurned. You know what it's just <laughs> reminding me of, like... <laughs> You're dying over there. That was I don't be. know why I think I enjoy my own joke so much. I think mean. that was that was good. <laughs> that was a good joke. Thanks, babe. Hey, what were you saying? <laughs> it sounds like when you keep saying gurning. You know how I love to gurney stuff. Yeah, and I'm yeah, just, yeah. All I'm imagining is some guy just, just gurneying, just but jogging, hydro washing the ground, jogging and like power pressure. High yeah. pressure washing the ground, yeah. That wouldn't be too bad, would it? 
I think the government would love him. Yeah, fucking gurning man. Gurney man. Gurneying man. But gurneying man. But it's a gurning man. Have you heard about that music festival? Gurning man? <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, that's probably what they the actions that they would do would probably be what would occur at Burning Man. Yeah, cause everyone's fucked off their face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh everyone's man. Everyone's on like acid shrooms for breakfast. It's just weed, you know. You just want to start the day lying. Yeah, that's it. A little bit of green. Yeah, lunch. Go green, guys. For lunch, you just have some protein. Get the get those um mushrooms oh, into you yeah, and then yeah. come dinner time fucking let's fuck shit up acid trip everywhere all the synthetic drugs all the synthetics <laughs> because fur is murder don't do drugs kids yeah don't do drugs like you'll turn to gurning man <laughs> you'll turn into the gurning man wow. that's all i have that's all you have that yeah. was good that's that a, was that an was, ender that was that funny was a funny ender that was a good one that was good i don't think um we're gonna get <sighs> Again, <laughs> if we talk so ill about him, I don't think he's just gonna rock up. No, he's not gonna come back. Come Gurning back man. early. Gurning man. Gurning man. Oh, anyways, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks. If you want to, if you wanna, you wanna, <laughs> do you wanna find us on Instagram? Hey Alexa. Follow you being a poltergeist on Instagram. Anyways, all the people at home. We're losing listeners by the 100 now. All our 100 listeners. 100. Thanks for 100 listens. Um, You're the best. Happy episode 45. Very nice, babe. All right, well. That's all for us today. You yeah, can follow find, us oh, on yeah, everything. Instagram, Patreon. Um, Patreon, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Porn follow Hub. our personals. Pornhub. We're on there. Um, <laughs> Very much a joke. <laughs> not, not yet. You, me, and Vol. Maybe, if, maybe, if, <laughs> maybe if your job doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, fee picks. Um, Facebook. DM Instagram. Me, $15 fee picks. For Patreon fee picks, go to our Patreon at... And www.patreon.com slash little as two dollars a month you could get some quality feet pics that is a lie there are no feet pics over there but but we may post a couple vids just for you guys <laughs> nope just follow us and support us on everything you can we've got merch on tpublic.com and redbubble.com redbubble just search ymap y-m-a-a-p and then for tpublic just search that's yeah, not canon productions that's not canon. beautiful and if you want to rate us five stars on Apple or anything, you can. And we're going to start reading them out, I think. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. We will read out what you say. So write the most stupid uh, review ever, but give us five stars. It could be you know. good. It could be really good. And it could be really amazing. So they're your only three options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything worse than good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you, guys. Remember, exercise regularly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.